When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, that's Dermot, Dermot coming to you from uh, King Island, having had the opportunity to play on these two magnificent golf courses down here for the last couple of days. And just around the corner... We just got a text from one of our <laughs> listeners saying, shut up about the bloody <laughs> golf courses. <laughs> well, we'll read out your text like that as well. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, golf's not everyone's cup of tea, Correct. but it's certainly ours, and there's a lot going on at the moment. And uh, to that very, very end, uh, the Sandbelt Invitational's uh, not far away being an event that showcases... Uh, some of the very best names, men, women, boys, girls, on four of the great golf courses uh, in Victoria. It's the brainchild of Jeff Ogilvie and a couple of his mates and the major champion and one of Australia's all-time greats have been good enough to join us to tell us how we're going in the lead-up to the second iteration. Jeff, how's it all coming together? Yes, Andy, it's pretty good. Um, pretty exciting. Obviously, we had a couple of good tournaments there with the PGA and Australian Open sort of back in the mix uh, last week in Cathedral, which was great, but um, just getting excited for the Sandbelt now, yeah. Does it feel to you, you've been around the game, you know, on the front line for, for a long time now, does it feel to you like golf is, and you're part of this, does it feel like the game, particularly here in Australia, is starting to get its head around the fact that it needs to be adventurous and, and, and try new things and see where they go? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think it's been a tough sort of 20 years, probably post, um, I don't know, post Greg Norman not playing anymore and um, uh, just the US tour sort of taking so much of the schedule. And um, yeah, it's just been sort of an awkward period. And I think we, we, I think we focused a little bit too much on we don't have the prize money and we don't get the players to the tournaments. And I think we're sort of starting to realise now if we just put on really good events, you know, people will come and watch. People will watch them on TV. And eventually, the players are going to come. I mean, if you look at the best events in other sports, it doesn't really matter who plays the grand final. It, the grand final's great. It doesn't matter who plays. Same as the Melbourne Cup. Same as the Australian Open Tennis. And I think if we can start just putting on great golf events, people love golf. When you put them on, they come. Um, I think if we, we focus on great events, then, then good things will happen. Hey, Jeff, can you explain the, the, the format to me of what, what we're talking about here with the, the Sandbelt Tournament. Yeah, well, basically, it sort of, as a lot of things, it came out of the pandemic, and we had that announcement last year, sort of October or so, that we weren't going to have the Australian Open again, and we were sitting around a bit frustrated about the whole thing, and so, well, what can we do? Can we put on something? And it was obviously very late in the mix, so we thought, well, why don't we get something on the Sandbelt and see if we can get the best players we can find and put them all in there and sort of have a little competition and we worked out that well it's very late in the mix so let's have four courses let's get four courses four days and have the best pros and amateurs men and women and let them all compete and it sort of grew from there so we've got Kingston Heath Royal Melbourne Yarra Yarra and Peninsula Kingswood in that order which is a treat for anybody I think to play those four courses in a row but we have them in great condition and we have there's 70 or so players in the field so there's and it's sort of broken up into quarters. Quarter male pros, quarter female pros, 
male amateurs and female amateurs and sort of the groups are mixed in so so the young boys get to play with the pro girls and the young girls get to play with the pro men and the whole thing and it's sort of it's got some mentoring aspects as well and we just go we just go four days in a row four different courses and 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 sort of have a tournament and see who wins in the end it's um sort of a I guess the basic sort of, if you wanted the sales pitch, it's the best call. It's the best golfers we can put on the best courses we can find and have a nice tournament. So, um, yeah, that's the basic premise. Now, the, the these clubs are wonderful, wonderful premises. They're beautiful courses. Is is the the tournament? Do they contribute to the the bringing up to absolute tour grade? status or is it incumbent on the club to actually get it into that pristine tournament status themselves well i mean those these courses we're talking about generally pride themselves on their conditioning and how well they're presented yep. on, a, on just on an everyday basis so generally they're all in pretty good shape and i think one of the added bonuses we found out of last year is when you have a tournament that's celebrating how great these courses are and you have four of them in a row well Kingston Heath wants to look better than Royal Melbourne, you know, and Royal Melbourne's like, well, they're not going to be showing up by Peninsula <laughs> Kingswood. So that sort of that little ego sort of competition between the superintendents and the clubs is like, well, if they're going to put on their best, we're going to put on our best. And so it, it naturally just creates this sort of healthy sort of rivalry and they all put themselves in such immaculate condition last year. Um, and I, I, I can only imagine that they'll be the same again. And Peninsula Kingswood, that's a magnificent premises there. There's two courses there. Uh, what do you do about the the option of two courses? Well, last year we played the south course, which everybody fell in love with, as everybody usually does when they go play down there. It's such an it's such an incredible sort of eye candy place. It's just sort of a place out of your dreams when you go play there. Um, we played the south last year. We're going to play the north this year. So they've rotated us to the other course, which I think is great for everyone in the field. They get to experience the other version of it, which is similar but a little bit different. I'm sure if you guys have played there, so. Yeah, um, West Course at Royal Melbourne out of those two choices and North Course at um, Central Kingswood. Jeff, we're talking to Jeff Ogilvie about the Sandbelt Invitational, which is on uh, 19, 20, 21, 22. I've got the exact dates in front of me, but I think I've got the dates right. Correct me if I'm wrong. If, no, you're right, I'm, absolutely. Yep, there you go. Jeff, how do we keep getting you're, you're you know you're as interested and you're as worthwhile listening to about golf course architecture and course design as anyone. Derm and I have been down here on King Island the last couple of days. He's been to Wickham before I haven't. We got to play Ocean Dunes yesterday in Cape Wickham today. Cape Wickham is spectacular, and it's only been around for eight years. How is it that in a game like yours, where history and tradition is so important, you may challenge the premise of this question, but um, how is it possible that golf courses keep getting better? That is actually interesting. I don't know. Well, I think architecture over the last 20 years, as you say, there's been some incredible stuff, including Cape Wickham and Ocean Dunes and Barnburgle Dunes and um, so Bandon Dunes, which are similar places in the US and Sand Hills and some great stuff that's sort of happened the last 20 years. But really, the best courses were all built in the 20s and 30s. Um, a hundred years ago, generally because, well, it, it would, there'd be lots of different schools of thought on why this happened, but they had less machines and less money, so they just yeah. used what what God gave them, 
and went over the land that they had. And generally, God's a better shaper of land than a man. (laughs) And it looks more natural. And as you'll find at Cape Wickham, it's such a natural feeling, special place that we've sort of, we've discovered, I think it just, there was a light bulb moment 20 or 30 years ago, a guy called Tom Doak built a a few places and everybody's like, well, hang on a minute. Wow, that's a much better way to do this. And there was much more of sort of a focus on what used to go right in the good old days um, with these sandbelt courses, all the courses, all these clubs, the Royal Melbournes and the Victorias and Kingston East, they all had premises in a city. But as the city was expanding and growing out, they all sort of, serendipitously, if that's a word, moved out to the sandbelt to great land and had Alistair McKenzie and Tanner and they just um, built these incredible courses and that happened to be in the 20s and 30s because they didn't have the big machines and they, they just had to use what God gave them and that tended to be a more sort of satisfying result and then as, as human nature comes along we all thought we were better than we could do it God. better than the <laughs> nature or God if you like and we yep, pushed all yep. this dirt around and put houses down the side of the fairways and and it, it sort of got a bit all manufactured and man-made, but we've sort of we've taken a spin back to the, the right direction. And uh, as you say, golf courses are getting better and better. Well, Andy tested God today uh, yeah, on nice. the 18th. He, he stuck two onto the beach <laughs> down here at Cape Wickham. Yeah, I wanted to hit one up from the beach. Yeah, he had a go and he left it on the beach. Yeah, it it, hundred metres further no, down the line. It Jeff, it wasn't impressive. It, was, it wasn't. Well, what did you? Though. Thank you. Thank You've you. got to, if you come down, Jeff, you, you have to, if you hit one onto the beach, you can't just play like the semi-local rules, the Irish rule, you know, drop one no, uh, up there. there. You've got to play it off the beach, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, that's half, that's the point of the adventure. Right? Why play next to the beach if you can't go on there every now and then? It's <laughs> Although, Jeff, I did hit it into the low uh, rolling breakers, so I would have been in about a foot and a half of water. <laughs> If I played it from where it lay, so I, I did take a little bit of a liberty with where I played. In the Happy to let you go with that. Hey, oh, this may be a kind of your management of your playing partners. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, they were good. They were good in spirit. It's all, Dermot's always terrific, Jeff. He's very supportive uh, at times like that. So Have a he's, crack, he's take it on. Oh, I don't know whether you got an answer to this question, but of the you know, let, let's go back to the turn of the century. So golf courses that have been built since you know since two thousand. Is there one of the new courses anywhere in the world, but, but if it happens to be here in Australia, even better, that, that you rate in your own book uh, more highly than any others? Uh, no. No, I mean, I still think um, the very best are 100 or so years old. I mean, I think the old course probably, it might not be to everybody's aesthetic, but it's the most incredible sort of, thing that evolved out of time and it created the game that I mean, we all play golf because of the old course yeah, right. um, and that's three or four hundred years old so that's hard to sort of go past and I, I, the best are still sort of generally the top 10 or 15 in the world are generally sort of full, filled with courses built in the 20s and the 30s yeah. but saying that there's some incredible stuff as you said Cape Wickham is if it was 100 years old, we might look at it a bit harder, you know. Um, yes. Barnburg Good Dunes in Australia is fantastic, along with Lost Farm. There's the stuff at Bandon Dunes, which is in Oregon. Sand Hills, which is in Nebraska. Sand Valley in Wisconsin. There's some really, really, really amazing new stuff getting built. And perhaps in 50, 100 years, it's a sort of grown a little bit of sort of, I don't know, 100 years of maturity and gnarliness and a few stories. And, and those great courses, it's more than just the physical thing there's 
it's like walking through the MCG, you know, the long room or something. There's something, there's the history of the room and there's the, there's the feeling of the whole place. And, and those old places just have that. Um, they do. Yeah. That you really can't capture new, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. the new stuff is really, there's some, stu- there's some new stuff that's incredibly good. Had the, had the uh, ability and the wonderful opportunity, Jeff, to go around Ireland and to, to see the, the old castle keep sitting just on the side of the fairway at La Hinch and go to Bally Bunyan and Port Marnock. They're, they're, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. They're just, it's just a beautiful trip through history to see these courses. Hey, can I, a question came up today, and there's, I've heard several different angles as to why it is called as such. Why is a golf course called a Lynx, in your opinion? Where does that come from in history? Well, the story I've heard is that all these coastal towns in Britain sort of are, are on the coast, and then there's the sand dune sort of land and then the beach. Well, so all the agriculture would happen on the other side of the town, not the beach side, because you couldn't grow any vegetables or get the cows to eat or the sheep to eat grass next because you couldn't grow anything sensible next to the beach. So yep. what did they do with it? They sort of they built golf courses, and it's the land that links the town to the, to the water. Yeah, to the arable so farming it, land. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah it, links the te- it links the beach to the town, so it's the lynx land. And there should be more of them. And uh, we got to play an absolutely magnificent couple in the last two days. Hey, Jeff, thanks for indulging us with all of that sort of stuff. We got you to on to have a chat about the Sandbelt invitation. We're looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I took the kids to follow Grace Kim at, um, at PK last year, and um, they have got a, a, a sporting hero in their consciousness in her having done that. You can get up close to these players as they wander the fairways on these great golf courses. It's a wonderful experience, and it's a really novel and terrific tournament. So over those four days, 19, 18, 19, 21, 22, sorry, 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, if you're in town and looking for you know something to do, uh, head on down to one of those courses and take it in. It's uh, well worth your while. Well done on pulling it together again. Thanks for joining us on the show. Good luck with it. Absolutely, guys. Thank you, Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Ogilvy, one of the greats. It's 26 minutes to five already. Uh, Corey Homicide Williams, the one and the only, going to join us in the next half hour of the show. Good.